Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. It's been quite a week. Lots of good news out there for us to cover. But before we do that, let's bring in our hosts, our, our co-hosts, our, our good friends. We Last week ran a skeleton crew. This week we got a full boat as we're going to welcome in, of course, our good friend David Ungar. David, how are you today? Doing pretty well, Patrick. First day of uh, the NFL season, uh, unless you count Thursday, but... Yeah, yeah hold up. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little NFL today. You look at you like I didn't just, put it on the rundown. You're already I, I specifically ask in the chat for NFL music, and what do you do? You spoil the surprise. 
That's that's what you do. I don't think it was going to be much of a surprise, but okay. True, true enough. But anyway, we like I said, we're running with a full boat today. We do have to welcome back our good friend, the scientist himself, DPP, after a week away. Welcome back, good friend. Glad to have Thanks, you back sir. on the show. Good to be here. Good to be here. Definitely uh, much better circumstances this week, so absolutely, glad to be absolutely. back on the air with you guys. Uh, we're glad to have you, and, and yeah, so... We also have a we have a fourth, fellas. We have a fourth. He's he's looking around behind him as if, as if somebody else is coming. But please welcome back <laughs> into the show, good friend of the program, PC Tunney. How you doing, man? Oh, great to be here. Great to be alive. Uh, the first football Sunday of the year, and back with you, gentlemen, to talk uh, a whole bunch of bandwagon nerdish things. Oh, we got all kinds of things to talk about today. I just looked at my rundown. And I'm sorry, guys. I put two breaks in here. That's not true. There's only one break. We, we don't. We don't do. We don't do thirds. We do halves. So anyway, but yeah, we do have a full slate today. We've got the Boys season two, episode four, to talk about. We've got some news coming out about Wonder Woman 1984, and I thought I'd bring back the trailer park just for funsies. Found some stuff. Just goofing off on IMDb. And knew I wanted to talk about one trailer and then found two more that I thought would be worth it. Some news out of Disney Plus and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series before we get to the second half where we are going to break down DC Fandom Part 2. More reactions, different sort of program than Part 1. And I, I look forward to, I know Dave and I talked about it a little bit last week going into the show and I don't know. Uh, how much, you know, DP or, and I know Tony, I'm sure you didn't, you didn't catch much of it, but um, I, I'm interested to, to, you know, kind of pick the brains a little bit because we had speculated that it was going to, it was going to look and feel a little bit different and we were right. And so I, I'm really excited to kind of talk about that as well. But before we do any of that, fellas, I, I got to share a couple of bits of news. First of all, um, we've long known that, that I'm not what you would call a producer of the show and that on more than one occasion I have sent multiple like messages to folks and been like, Hey, what are the programs that you guys use for like soundboards and recording? And every time I, you know, specifically Tony, Dave, DP, you all, every time I ask very patiently, you're like, Oh yeah, I use this, this, and this. And then I'm like, great. And then I don't do it. Guess what I did this week. Ooh, do tell you, me. you, you voice metered your banana. I did voice meter my banana. <laughs> I also foobar, I also foobarred something, so I uh, I'm not gonna try it today because I I downloaded it like 20 minutes ago <laughs> and, and installed it on, on the on the old computer and everything. But I am moving deeper into the podcast world, fellas. I am I am moving. I Greg Demarco and the the three of you in particular have have slowly slowly sucked me deeper and deeper into this this world to where i, I feel like I, I gotta join the i gotta join the cool kids club i'll just put it to you this way unless you've had 240 some episodes of experience podcasting with someone the best person to run the audio in between while what's going on is the person running the show because they know when they want it and so kudos to you and you're going to love it. It's just like when I told my mom to get DVR so many years ago and she hated it. And could she now imagine her life without it? <laughs> so what, what did you download out of curiosity? So, I, so as Tony mentioned, 
uh, I voice metered my banana. So I, I downloaded voice meter banana and then I downloaded at uh, DP suggestion. I downloaded FUBAR 2000. So that's where we're going to, that's where I'm going to start. Um, I did not choose to do the pay site cause I'm a cheap bastard, but, um, you know, and I got nothing for that. I'm a cheap bastard. I don't, uh, that's it. That's, that's what I, that's what I got so far. So sticking a yeah. toe in, I might try it. Like I might just do kind of like what you guys do with this show. Like I know all three of you record whenever you're, whenever you're podcasting, but I might on the slide do DeMarco's show just as a, as a background sort of thing to kind of play with it and see funk mess around with the show. That's not mine that I'm not going to send to anybody and see how, see how I can do and, and get a sense of it. So at least some of the basics, I think that might be, that might be fun to do. It's always yeah, like, like BC be. said, it's always good to be, you know, when you're, when you're running things, if you have the opportunity to, you know, set your recording, how you want it and put in what you want, what you don't want. It's, it's definitely a, a good well, thing to have. And yeah, yeah, I thought about it in terms of when, when Tony's on the show and I always love when, when Tony and, and you too, DP, you do this uh, as well. The sound bites in particular, like there's so many times that I've talked over a sound that you pumped in. Uh, and Tony, I love you because you'll do like hand gestures. You'll be like, wait a second, wait a second with the hands flashing up. And then you'll point <laughs> when you're like, you're good to go. And so, yeah, getting rid of that uh, and starting to add some of those elements in, I just, I, I think would be, I, I think it's something I need to do. So I wanted to to do it and have the backup recordings as well is, all, is always good. And but my bandwagon nerds folder on my desktop is just it's it's growing exponentially so i'm excited but uh, when you start thinking of all the different stuff you want to record and, and sound bites you want and you you start using audacity and that uh, folder is going to grow and grow and uh, grow geez. it's going to get out of hand dp he's excited <laughs> feel these You're nipples, excited. Feel these nipples. <laughs> see i don't even like the like uh voice meter and foobar i don't even i wasn't even familiar with those so i got to check those out too and see what they do add them to the repertoire of like you mentioned audacity which of course is still the greatest free editing tool that's out there 100 oh yeah yeah audacity. voice meters like a uh yeah get audacity for sure that's what you want to okay. use to yeah do your editing and you know record it you know get any of those sound bites you want you can use that it's it's ridiculously yeah, awesome and free. then you can do the post-production and and, and greg can bitch and at greg you. can get off your ass greg about... can bitch at you personally about falling asleep and not doing the write-up <laughs> what if that one i completely forgot about it's that greg. last week because i don't know who greg is some guy right just some guy <laughs> that he he did uh he messaged me and I, I remember i was like oh i'm so sorry basically so every friday night since this whole pandemic thing has started with a little doubt, Friday night has become what we call quote unquote our sleep overnight. And so what we do is we have like a sleeper sofa, we pull it out, we watch a movie and, and he gets to stay up late and it's fun, right? Well, last week, I can't remember what happened that forced me to push sleepover later than normal. So I pushed sleepover got pushed into like Sunday and I completely forgot about the write-up because as soon as it got into evening time, we were hanging out watching episodes of The Legend of Korra on Netflix. And so 
that's why I like, I completely forgot to ride up and, and we were like, he said, I was in bed by like 11 o'clock. I was just done. So life goes on. And now that I've said, Hey guys, guess what? It's going to be great. I can do my own sound bites. Now I need to ask for some sound bites because we're not going to talk about nerdy stuff right away. We're going to talk about football. So let's get some football music going. Let's get psyched up and let's talk a little football. Cause it's the first football Sunday of the year. Yes, feel the just lost robot. I wish I wish we had like if we were doing the video thing, I would want us to steal the robot too. I don't if people hate the robot on Fox, I love the robot because I'm a nerd. Fucking Cletus. Oh, is that his name? <laughs> that's that is his name. Get the fuck out what? of here. Yeah, his cause... wife's name is Brandine. <laughs> Brandine. <laughs> So I want to actually talk about a couple of things. I do want to talk about college football too, just really, really briefly, because nothing is more depressing than being a fan of the big 10 and watch every other conference fucking play yesterday and big 10 players and fans and, and coaches all around sort of waxing poetic over the fact that, that they're not playing though. Rumors have it that there's a vote coming. Today. Either today or tomorrow, yep. And what do you think, Tony? Do you think it's going to come through? I, you know, it's it's kind of uh, – it's already working in other places. You look at, like, the NFL right now. Adam Schefter reporting this morning that every single player, every single person of the – touchdown Packers, baby, sorry. Um, every <laughs> single person of the, of the – <laughs> I couldn't help myself there. Every single – every single staff personnel, every single – Bears still suck. There you um, go, sorry. <laughs> every single player personnel, every every single staff personnel, and every single offici- uh, official from the referee crew all tested negative. So I think you look at that and the fact that they're saying that this testing, it, it it's or or the the teams that have actually come and reported to football camps in college. These kids, once they get there, they're way less likely to be catching this. So right. I can't imagine that it won't get, you know, turned over and that they're going to start probably, I would say, in a month or so. Halloween. You know, I hope so, too. And the only thing that concerns me is that this vote is in the hand of presidents and chancellors and not athletic directors. Because that was where the vote went south the first time around is that Kevin Warren at the Big Ten has caught all this heat over, like, the way the decision went down. And I think the communication rollout, he deserves a lot of blame but ultimately the decision came at the hand of the presidents presidents and chancellors of the big 10 and 11 of them out of the 14 teams voted against playing and he he just basically ran with the decision it looked horrible coming three weeks after they rolled out a conference only schedule or three days sorry three days after they rolled out a conference only schedule but yeah and right now i gotta tell you i i'm looking forward to good football yesterday's football games were not exciting I don't think there was a close. There was a couple of upsets. The Iowa State game was good. That was thrilling to watch. And I enjoyed, what was the other one? The Arkansas State versus Kansas State, which Arkansas State won on a late touchdown with like a minute and a half to go. And LOL Kansas football, by the way. 
uh, Coastal Carolina whipping up on on Kansas and then Arkansas State beating Kansas State. Not good. But, yeah, I want the Big Ten back. And I, I hate to say this as, a, as an Illinois fan, and I know you got you know Badger fan over there. College football kind of needs Ohio State. Without a doubt. Well, I just think it needs the Big Ten in general. It needs the Big Ten. It needs the Pac-12. I, I mean, without that. Does it need the Pac-12 or do you need the Pac-12? I think it needs the Pac-12. I mean, come on. They're a power five what, conference. Power, exactly. Ish. No, I'm just, I'm teasing. As Cal, as Cal crushed Illinois in the craft, nobody cares bowl last year. So, but let's I mean, put it this way. If, if you're not the sec, you're equal because you can go back right. and look at times when Oregon was dominant. You can go back and look at times when USC was dominant. Every other right. conference is up and down, right? The big 12 has had their, their due ACC, big 10, but sec is always solid, but sec, right, right. It's just a smaller pool, Dave, without those other four conferences. Well, it is, and I mean, every every sport this year, every champion crowned is going to have an asterisk next to him, but the college football champion is going to have a double asterisk unless you get the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in there because that's like, okay, we don't even have everybody who would normally right. be participating in this thing. So, that I mean, I, I really hope that they get right. those things. I mean, I'm hoping they learned some stuff from baseball. I mean, baseball's had a lot of trials and tribulations. Um, they seem to be doing better. I know one of the, uh, what was it? One of the teams, the giants had some players test positive, that sort of thing. Um, you know, but <laughs> I'm sure the giants and Padres are like, dude, we just want to be able to breathe air. We don't give a shit about coronavirus right, right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, right it. go ahead, man. No, no, I just, I, I completely empathize with you there. And, I hear cooler weather's coming coming your way to help maybe bring some of that down a little bit. Is that is that true? That's I mean that's what I heard. I heard the death death toll jump dramatically today, which I think we right, were all, right. we were all bracing for that. Um, you know, down I'm right in the center of the state, and the air quality here is usually some of the worst in the nation. And now it's just really bad, but it's not as bad. You know, when when places like not Portland, Oregon. yeah, when places like Portland and San Francisco have worse air than Bakersfield, then that's a real problem. But uh, it's uh it's it's rough out here i mean and 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 you know there's really no prospect of rain anywhere on the horizon um that's right. not going to help them out so it's it's a it's a rough situation from the oregon border going to portland and just shit all the way to like the right. sacramento line basically so bigger things than football there i do want to change the subject i do want to shift to the pro ranks fellas i don't want to take too long on this but we are about a half into the football season. How are we feeling about our teams? <laughs> My team is just would... absolute trash, man. It is yeah. 17-0 Philadelphia over Washington right now. I think they're going to have to make a quarterback change already. I mean, and you're looking at Haskins, who's 5 for 14 for 64 fucking yards. You're at third and three on the six right now. Oh, are they? Okay, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it's premature to yank him quite yet. So, yeah. Well, I was gonna big. I was gonna ask you if you, you know, if your team could, uh, you know, score some points, that would certainly help me out in my fantasy team because playing against the Eagles. So, you know, it would be really nice if you could score some goddamn points. They'll try, DP, but <laughs> I sitting, imagine I'm there's gonna here. be a fumble at the ten any second now. So. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at these some of these scores uh, and some of these first half scores. A lot of baseball scores. Kind of. Oh, they just they just updated the Green Bay score. Sorry, hey. it was. Yeah, we got a safety for God's sake. Yeah, it was like it's eight, showed eight up. Seven was what it actually, showed, and then it and then actually, it reset. It actually did something. I was surprised. I couldn't believe it. 
Has nice. anybody has anybody played Madden 21? I mean, this thing's getting I've abysmal ratings. It's glitchy as hell. I hear it's I heard terrible. It's the same as the last six. Right. It's exactly the same. Updated roster. Some... That's why I, I'm just going to stick with Madden 20 for now. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I, I don't even play Madden. I busted out my NCAA college football 2014 edition. Still a superior yesterday. game. <laughs> Still a superior of, game. Part of my top 50 from the bandwagon nerds video game project. So, you know, definitely was there. Packers look like they're doing okay. Uh, so, you know, I'm seeing celebrations and, and Packer filled pint glasses and, and all of that. The bears in a real barn burner with the Detroit lions tied six to six. with like two minutes to go in the first half because I, both teams are terrible. They're just not good. Ugh. And I love my bears hashtag tank for Trevor. That's all I'm going to say. Tank for Trevor, fellas. Yeah, that the theory about Jacksonville is not holding up because they're tied. They're only losing 17 to 14. Washington touchdown. I Packers interception. I saw. And, um, you know, Patrick, do you want me to tell the tell these guys how to keep a bear out of their backyard? Sure. You just you paint an end zone back there, and you should be good to go. Start Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback. That's what you do. Golly. Yeah, gross, gross, gross. But let's talk about something that's not gross. I did want to touch a little bit on football because we're not all nerds uh, all the time. We're, we are sports nerds. And if you want to get a full rundown of sports, give a listen to Tawny on the three-man weave. He, Platt, and Ray Cash, they break down everything every week. NBA playoffs, NFL, great, great fun, good podcast to catch it on is. Mondays, right? It is. is that Mondays? Uh, sure. Or Tuesdays. You should be going to the chairshot.com every day of the week. If this clip, if this Clippers go. lead holds up PC, I can't wait to listen to you guys preview the battle for the true battle for Los Angeles, not the rage against the machine. That's, that's album that I know you, that I know series. you love you. I know you want to play this, that spot. Don't you? Oh, which spot is that? <laughs> Your favorite fucking spot. Never mind. Uh, I, I had a, I, that was a that was low hanging fruit, man. Machine, man. Yeah, that one. Oh, that. Oh no, we we can we can leave that. I thought maybe you're talking about the um, um, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name right now? Luke, uh, his dad. Oh, you know, a uh, Bill. Uh, I can't even think of it. Walton, Luke Walton. Bill you Walton. remember when Luke Walton <laughs> uh, sat? Uh, uh, well, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. We might have the real battle for LA coming up. That's going to be a hell of a series. Should be a lot of fun. Let's actually talk some nerd stuff, though, now. We're going to move on. Let's talk about what brought PC Tunney to the show today. I know, I know myself have been on Tunney multiple times when he's been on the show to binge watch the boys. And Tunney has said repeatedly on the show, he's like, ah, things are really busy. Because we were harping him during, like, softball season, golf golf season. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is that people in Wisconsin do. With her spare time, other than drink and eat cheese. Eat cheese. Eat cheese. But I I just been like, dude, you've got to play golf. Right. It's like, whatever. It's like, dude, you got to check out this show. You got to check out this show. I've been begging him to check it out. He's like, oh, I will, I will, I will. I get a message today from from both Tunny and from Dave. Uh, Tunny been like, I finally, I binge watched the boys. It's so great. I was like, yes. And then Dave, Tony binge watch the boys. Is it okay if he calls into the show 
and, and talks about the boys with us. And, and I'd like to establish this on the air. I said it in my invitation to Tony as well. Standing invitation, my friend, to come on this show. You're you're always welcome. So happy to have you on. And no regret that. Honorary no regret that. honorary captain. You need to rejoin the chat one of these days. You know, that's what we re- need no, to do. No, I don't like I don't like those chats. <laughs> <laughs> then then Platt's got direct access to you in multiple places. Right. Oh, Platt's got my phone number. I don't need any more Platt in my life. Just there kidding. You Love you, Chris. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, by the way, respond to my email, Platt. We were gonna do a oh, thing. No. He won't. He, no, you can't email him. I'll give you a number. You can text him. Well, and uh, I gotta, I gotta roll back because I have, um, I had this, I have this column idea that I was wanting to work on for for the chair shot, and I've told Dave and, and um, DP about it. It's it's a back and forth uh, where we talk about a show or something, and he had expressed interest in Lovecraft Country on HBO, and so I was like, hey, I really am interested in this show too. How would you like to do like a back and forth and taking the text of the back and forth and making that a column? And he was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. And then he was like, um, like, how big of a hurry are you in to like to like do this? And I was like, not too much, but I'd like to get it done before the first season ends. And we're about halfway through the first season. And I'm just trying to get through like one episode. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Tony's like, don't hold up. Don't hold your breath. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But seriously, you know. Anyway, so Tony, you finally watched The Boys. You binge watched it. Before we talk about episode four, because that's where we are now, just give us some reactions to the show. What were your thoughts binge watching this thing in just one? Like, that's that's some sensory overload, my friend, because there's a lot to take in on that show. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of, to me, there really isn't two seasons. It's all one thing to me right, right now. Um because I literally watched all 12 episodes within 36 hours. So Holy shit. it's funny because probably a week to 10 days before I did that, I actually sat down and was like, oh, I'll watch the first episode. And when A-Train ran through uh, Huey's girlfriend, I went, eh, I'm good. No thanks. And I turned it off. And I was like, I'm going to watch something else. And so then I had nothing to do the other day and and just was like, oh, what the hell? Let's do it. And uh, I'm like, why not? And I just got hooked. And it's just an excellent, excellent thing. And it's very adult and it's very yes. captivating. And the storylines are good. And I like the cast and everything. So I really enjoyed it, recommended it to a bunch of other people. A few of them are hooked now. So, you know, thanks for staying on my ass. Hey, yeah, that show does not let up. Once, once it really gets going, and that story is very well driven. Apparently, the Packers scored again. It, yeah, I just I can't say enough good things about it. And it's always to me in this episode in particular. We're going to talk about episode four, which you know, love is kind of a, a, a strong theme within this in its own twisted sort of way. You see multiple relationships come come to the fore, and, and it really like is. And it's framed by these interviews that you don't know what's what these interviews are for. You just see people talking about relationships and like what the you know what it means to be in love and what it means to be a partner being juxtaposed with Starlight and Huey with Butcher and I forget I forget her name every time. What's his wife's name? Becca. Becca. And Homelander and his twisted mindset <laughs> regarding Madeline. Uh, 
and and at the end we we get we get a little we get a glimpse into what has been going on with our good friend the deep and we find out what all these interviews are all about as we try to find him the perfect wife appearance a wife for appearances as we try to get him back into the seven and so there's a real interesting take on love and relationships throughout the scene. We get a good look into Mother Milk's history, and we get a significant revelation about Stormfront. And and yeah, and that's I mean that's the episode. That's the that's the summary. Thoughts? Where where do where what do we think of this? Because this episode really didn't do too much to it. Oh, and A Train got officially kicked out of the seven. That that was also a thing. And Black Noir still scares me. Um, uh, that was the yeah. best. I still love that guy. Just sits right down next <laughs> to the analyst. I love creeping when, next to when like, like like the part where Homelander's discussing the diversity of the uh, of the seven when uh, Maria <laughs> Menounos starts giving them shit about how it's all white. And he's like, oh, and black noir, and... black noir is well, we're not really sure, but you've got that covered. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> covers everybody. Yeah, it covers everybody. I was really disappointed that he didn't eat the almond joy and he made her throw the almond joy away. Yeah, what was up? Almond joy was central to to this episode because you had that scene and then you got Starlight at the vending machine listing off her favorite candy bars, which are what? Almond joy, Charleston chew, and bit of honey. And Huey's like, God, those are the most awful ones ever. My wife. Don't speak speak ill of bit of honey. No, my wife said the exact same thing, Patrick. That is a candy that lasts for seven hours. Like you just put it in. And you're, you've got candy for seven hours. You yeah. keep licking get, your molars. That's right. It gets stuck in it's your teeth. It's stuck in your molars there. right there. You know, I don't. There. That's right. <laughs> and I always liked Charles too, so I'm not sure what the hell. Well, you're 9,000 years old. That's you were true. there when they were invented. That's right. Maybe Clark maybe Bar. Clark Bars, man. Clark knows? Bars. He might be. Mounds are see, and I think mounds are worse than almond joy because I hate coconut. Like coconut is just disgusting in my mind, and so uh, they're both straight up coconut covered in chocolate is just disgusting. I like almonds, so at least I got that. They're both kind of shitty, but uh, DP, what'd you think of this episode? I mean, there's a lot, a lot of. I I know it doesn't advance a whole lot, but there's a lot of stuff still going on. I think it was, uh, yeah, kind of like Patrick said. You know, it was it was a nice deeper dive kind of into some of these characters that she didn't get that in the first season, you know, learning, you know, the history of mother's milk, you know, and on how his dad was a lawyer or whatever. And then, you know, you find out all that stuff about that. He was battling Vought as well. And, you know, now it's mother's milk battling Vought and he doesn't, you know, he wants to stop things before, you know, his, you know, next of kin has to take over or whatever, you know, he's scared for that. And, it was cool to see that a little bit deeper and learning a little more of Starlight's history. And then also with Liberty, you know, finding out, you know, that Stormfront is Liberty and we get a little bit more backstory on her as to where she's coming from and how old is she? Does she not right? age? Because she's been around for a long time then. She's got that Wolverine mutant healing factor thing going. Yeah. And, you know, what she's trying to do to, is she trying to take over the seven? Is she trying to just take it all down? You know, it's just, right. yeah, we, we learned Her it was ca- a good learning, a deep learning of a lot of these characters. E- and- even Frenchie, you know, and I, and I talk about love and kind of the messed up way that we look at love. You know, he's clearly got something for Kamiko and he just doesn't, but yet he doesn't seem to understand people. And and human emotion, like, or at least just does the absolute word, like, 
gets you know snorts some coke and then tries to kiss Kamiko while she's like grieving over her brother and staring with just absolute hatred at Stormfront. <laughs> like she has killed me with that stare. Like I died watching the episode. <laughs> yeah, not the best uh pickup strategy in the world kids. May you know, you might want to write that down. Don't snort coke and then try to hit on somebody who's grieving over the loss of their sibling. Your lesson for the day sure for goes, bandwagon nerds. There goes my Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Uh, uh, yeah, the thing with um, so Stormfront, huh? Storm, yeah, Stormfront. The yeah. Thing with, Ooh, with I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big Aya Cash fan. I'll tell you that right yeah, away. Yeah, I would cash. I mean, Aya Cash. I would cash. <laughs> Word. Me, me first though. <laughs> the thing with Stormfront right. is that um, she seems to be kind of like almost like the uh, triple h of this whole thing the cerebral assassin because she seems to be manipulating homelander because i get the impression that when he lit his eyes See, up she seems wasn't to be yeah seems to be manipulating homelander. <laughs> definitely manipulating him because he lit his eyes up go. and i don't think that she was scared for a second she just played that down like uh okay calm down now let's not get too carried away but yeah sh- her story is like okay <laughs> what's the deal with liberty we know she killed you know the, that the the one uh the one guy the, the you know she killed, I, she killed 60 people yeah. total she killed 59 people that are being placed oh. on Kimiko's brother right no i mean i was talking and, about when she was liberty she killed that one the, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, kid yeah, yeah. who she the punched his face off yeah she right. punched his face yeah. off basically and and so like what's yeah what's her motivation what's her story that's fascinating stuff uh Huey and Starlight's relationship is just overly complex i think because it's like they clearly well, have feelings for each other, but they're trying to protect each other, and they give into this moment of weakness and decide to, uh, you know, do the wild thing in the hotel, which is fine. And then Starlight like, walks I, away from him. Well, and I think she's, she, you know, you got to appreciate her position, right? Like she's trying to lie about her feelings about Huey to survive in the Seven. Here's what you can appreciate about her position. You can take away the fact that she's a superhero. She's a woman. And when a woman wants something, a man will give it to them. When a man wants something, a woman will not necessarily give it to them. And you know what I'm talking about. Right. And so, you know, just looking at... I'm going to leave that out there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that that's the thing is like, she's you, you talked about it. They're trying to protect each other. And it seems like they flip flopped in the last couple episodes because it seemed like Huey was trying to protect her. And then it flips the other way after that moment in the sewers. And then, and they have this, what I loved about this road trip that, you know, the three of them take Huey, uh, Starlight and mother's milk is that it is this really like growth and bonding between the three of them that I think pays off later. It's definitely one of those things that pays off later on in the show and later on um, in some sort of other moment. I don't, you know, I don't think we're even close to being done with with that relationship. I think we all know that. Like that yeah. is, I think eventually becomes the the it hopefully becomes the the rock relationship. Uh, you know, kind of the steadying relationship of the, of the thing because it's certainly not Butcher and and his wife. No. Okay, I'll get it. I'll get it like after the episode's over. Right. And that that relationship, I mean, you know, they I guess we got confirmation or at least it seems that way that Homelander did rape her 
and that you know she got pregnant and went to Vought and not Again, Billy. That's her do version. We have of confirmation it. on that. Well, just do her we version. Have confirmation on that's how that. Did she say that though? She did. did she say that she, she said he raped me, and I went to Vought and did. I didn't she go to straight, you. She, yeah, because of her pregnancy and did she uh, say the word rape though or did yeah, she did. say absolutely she was, okay okay I'm absolutely right. said the word rape and i think you dave you were you were working on a thought there i'm sorry i cut you off no no i mean it was just uh, i mean just that kind of wrinkle in the whole thing and then um you know billy's butchers you know he fucks himself over in this one where he basically tells Becca she's a super, you know, Ryan's a super freak, and they just want him for the money, and and she's like, well, you don't want him with us, and then Becca basically decides I can't leave him, and you know has the guards descending upon Butcher, and he's got to get out of there, and Black Noir has now tracked him. You know, Black Noir has tracked him to that compound, uh, so oh, yeah, Butcher's totally. got some definite problems because Noir's the best tracker in the seven by far, and. Uh, that that's going to be interesting. I I love the the stuff like what about Homelander outing Maeve on the Maria Menounos? That was an epic episode of the Maria Menounos show, where he basically right. says, "Oh yeah, we've got we got a train who's already been kicked out of the seven, and we've got a, a card carrying lesbian here, Maeve." And it's like, <laughs> Jesus man, just no warning for just here you go. So, um, man, it, it was yeah, and then the deep is getting into a kind of an arranged marriage or in a manipulated marriage or something interesting episode. And we haven't yeah. even touched on the very end of this thing, which, you know, which is just, in my opinion, is Homelander grabbing control of himself and, and choosing to it's to me, it was very much like when we got to the back half of the first season where he felt where, where he took control of the whole creating the terrorists and trying to push forward an agenda that he thought that the company wanted this through the manipulation of Stormfront, he, you know, he's felt really kind of lost and out of control for a couple of episodes and, you know, finally shook, uh, well, presumably shook a little bit of Madeline's shadow and the control she's had over him there for doppelganger. The second, that second go around came in, I was like, doppelganger, we, we, we knew you win. Nice knowing you, right? This ain't gonna work. I'll, I'll just be—I'll be happy if they end the whole milk thing. Because man, that every time that comes so up, creepy. it's just creepy. And with just, the weird oh, tongue ah, thing, I, I can't. Oh. I couldn't. Yeah, oh. I couldn't deal with it. I just hope that's over. Oh, oh. <laughs> some uh, of the, I'm okay. Some of the dialogue that Doppelganger says to uh, Homelander right before he snaps his neck is just like. Holy shit, you know, you digest it for right. a while and it's like, uh, I mean, stuff like go watch it yourself. I'm not going to repeat it here. Just but it's still well, it's like, wow. And let's let's be honest, you know, quick once around. How many of us thought Homelander was going to go through with that? No, 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 chance. no, no. chance. He, I mean, he's I, egotistical I was, to a point, but not that egotistical. Hey, I'm going to, you know. I mean, myself. I'm not going to lie. The, the level of depravity on this show, I half expected a Homelander to Homelander blowjob that resulted in Homelander <laughs> breaking the other Homelander's neck while being throated. Like, because oh. that is, <laughs> get that image out of your head. Well, actually, yeah. you know what? Carry it, carry it with you for the rest of this Packers game. I like how you tied but, the Packers game into that. that but, was... but you wouldn't put it past this show, right? Like, no. we wouldn't put it past this show at all. 
No, I was I was nervous for a minute there. I I'll admit it. I thought, um, hey, we saw we saw season one with Popclaw, uh, you know, riding the guy's face and uh, breaking yeah. that. So you know, couldn't <laughs> wouldn't have definitely been not you know unexpected. <laughs> it was like Patrick, you said you seen you guys have seen Saving Silverman where uh, uh, <laughs> you try to suck your own dick that sort of thing. This was the really extreme version of that, you know. <laughs> You write something like that. We've got a box full of magazines and videos over there. Some of them are porn. Some of them are monster trucks. Some of them are both. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly. So, yeah, I think we're, we're in a big conundrum of where do we go from here? We're, we're clearly seeing a shift in the seven. A trains out. This other guy, I can't remember what the other guy's name was. It's in shockwave, Shockwave, right? The guy who raced him in season one. Yeah, so supposedly we only saw him for a quick second there, but we assume he's taken the role. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, got to have your speedster. It's like an unwritten rule of all superhero teams. That's true. <laughs> Some better yeah. than others. Right. So we'll we'll more to come. We'll see what happens out of episode five. All I got to say is that we're ha- I think we're halfway through season two now. I think it's only an eight episode season. Is it eight or so, ten, Dan? Do we know? I don't know, I guess. I, First oh, season on. was eight, so Yeah. Uh, it's probably eight then, yeah. Well let's 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 go to our friends, IMDB. Like that's why they're here. Uh, they should have like a lead in. Uh, I'll do a little typing. Not the bowl. Ah, let's see what we got. Awkward silence, cause I'm slow. No I now IMDB. I just want to see. Got season two. They have listed. They have listed eight episodes. There you go. So halfway there home. There we go. Halfway home, and then as much as Dave is remiss to do it, we're going to take a break until the Mandalorian comes. Um, but doing the math, we're on episode forty-four. So former episodes takes us to forty-eight. Right. Right. I'm not, I'm not crazy time there. So 44 then, plus 4 is 48, yes. I know you don't right. like math, well, I mean, but was, that's... Nothing like math in, on the air. <laughs> I, was, I was an English major, so, you know, I, I can't make <laughs> simple equations, simple sums. So here's what we're going to do in the meantime, fellas. We're going to bring the list show back, and we're going to start another project. We're going to see if we can do this as a four-episode project. We're going to do the villain project. Ooh. All right, and I've got three categories, and I think I just came up with a fourth. Just off the top of my head. And that'll get us to week 52. And week 52 would be the one. The perfect time. It's the perfect time. <laughs> the perfect time. For we'll Patrick. be the one. Always leave It'll be the, wait, the one? The, the one? The one of what? Oh, there are Patrick's back. Yeah, none of that came through. Right as you said, it's going to be the. And then it's just like this ultimate cliffhanger. Yes. Wait till next season two of Bandwagon Nerds to find <laughs> out what Patrick meant. Well, that's the thing is everything fucking froze. And I was like, oh, shit. Did, was it them or was it me? And then I was like, mother. Son of a bitch. It's the one year anniversary of Bandwagon Nerd. So we can bring wow. this whole thing to a wrap. Wrap you know, the list of um episode 52 will be the end of the villain project. And so I talked about the first three categories, but I think the fourth the fourth category is easy as well. So we will do our top 10 Marvel villains, our top 10 DC villains, our top 10 independent comic villains 
And then, yeah, that one's a little bit broader, but by the same token, it's broad but narrow because how many indies do we all really read? Well, okay, sorry, Dave. I know you you read them all. <laughs> and then I think we do. And I think I think we do one just um, top ten uh, film villains. Like all genres, just villains. Any genre, just top ten film villains. They were on film. Go for it. So if they if say you want to say that um, Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of Loki is one of the great villain performances of all time. You can have them on your list. It's fair game. That one's going to be the one that's hard for you, David. No, Harvey, Harvey Corman, Hedley Lamar, Blazing Saddles, number one. That's it. It's done. I'm done. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he is a terrific Lamar. Uh, And I think that'll be it. I think we'll do the Villains Project. And, you know, if we have other guest spots on, uh, they'll be stuck with coming up with 10 for the category or listening to us talk about it. So cool. guest, guest hosts, you've been warned. So after we finish the boys, the Villain Project. And we will start. I want to. I want to do DC and Marvel as the last two, going into the one year anniversary. Uh, and it's a coin flip which one we do first. I, I have no preference one over the other. DC super fans over there, I, I hear you. Um, <laughs> but I think we. I think we do independent comics first because that's going to be the honestly, like I would say, the lowest of the tiers. We do indie comics first. We do film second. Week three. Um, uh, I don't have a quarter, so um, we'll flip a coin. One will be D- one of them will be DC, and then the other one will be Marvel or Versi Vice. Probably DC first, and then close off with Marvel. You know, I mean, or something like that. I, you know what, you heard it from the DC fan. It's done. There, thanks. See how easy it's that too is. Bad. It's too bad. It's too bad because it's widely known that DC has better villains than Marvel. But anyway, go ahead. You're the bandwagon nerds. <laughs> oh, here we go. Tony, I don't need. To, I just don't need you to rattle off a list of ten Flash villains for the rest of this. Well, I could do it in a Flash too. But um, Chang, he'll be here all week. That DC conversation does segue next into our never-ending topic. As surprise, surprise, Warner Brothers in DC announced this week, Wonder Woman 1984 has now been slated for a December 25th Christmas time release. All I got to say is, well, here we are. We're never seeing this movie, are we, guys? No. Well, no. well not in 2020. Uh, not, not in 2020, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe not in 2021 if theaters don't uh, get back to if things don't get back to normal because I think Tenet seemed like it was the you know the attempt to see what you know they were going to get from movie theaters and right. that did not do very well and they went all right everything's going to the right well along those lines though did you guys see the numbers for Mulan that it has pulled in I like like DP you're saying like Tenet did I don't know like 20 million or some shit 20 like that million. And yeah, Mulan right. streaming only did 33 million. So Which that's terrible, it, by the way. In comparison to what movies you need to or what movies need to get back as far as revenue. Right. I mean, that, that was a yeah. that was a hundred that was a hundred plus million dollar movie yeah. that Disney and honestly, I think it's because Disney overestimated people's willingness to pay an extra ten bucks for a movie to stream. I also think they hurt their cause by not by announcing when it's going to be free to stream. Like, because I'm willing to wait till December 4th to watch Mulan for free. Yeah. And I, the, well, I mean, I think that's going to be the case with a lot of those movies when right. we do this is you have that 
you know, it's kind of the same what they do in theaters. You have the 90 day window, unless you're universal and AMC, you have that 90 <laughs> days, you know, where you can, you know, eventually it'll come out to digital or whatever, and you can watch it for free and, you know, maybe HBO or whatever, or rent it for five bucks as opposed to renting it for 30 bucks for a day, you know? So, right. so I just, the whole wonder, yeah, this whole movie theater, Wonder Woman, I mean, I can see, you know, this is Black Widow is probably going to follow suit. I mean, I just right. don't see any of these coming out because they're obviously not making the money in the theaters, at least based on what Tenant did. I think that was your right. that was your baseline. And well, and in now you got to push it back. In just, Massachusetts, I can only see Tenant in our a local movie theater. Like I have a, a an independently run movie theater in my hometown. I could catch it if I wanted to. But the theater can only hold like 15 people. Because of the capacity rules, is it, you know because you gotta you gotta have the social. I don't. I may be over underestimating. I, I don't know what it really is, but it's it's really low. So to actually get a ticket to be able to see it, you got to do the work to do that too. Is what are companies are movie distributors screwing this up? Because I kind of feel like they're screwing this up, or are we really banking on? Because and here's the here's the reason why I asked this question. Like these theaters. They aren't making money. What's going to be left when it's finally safe to come back? Isn't that a little bit of every aspect of life right now? I mean, I get where you're coming from, but 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 you might be a little too hard on them. Like they've never done Maybe. this before. They don't really know. I mean, someone said, "Hey, uh, let's do Mulan for fifteen bucks," and someone said, "Let's do it for twenty two fifty," and someone said, "Let's do it for thirty, and they went, "Well." we have no idea what the views and the buys are going to be. So let's just do the top one and see what happens. I mean, it's not, sure. I mean, you can say Mulan, Mulan is not that big of an anticipated thing, right? I mean, think no. about like if something else that we're really looking forward to that people were going to go see out for 30 bucks, it might've done a lot better. I just think you're in no man's land right now. And you're in kind of like the test phase of what's going to happen over a period of time. And people are like, well, who knows? Maybe by after Christmas, everything's going to be open again, but maybe by after Christmas, everything's going to be closed again too. So it's really right. all just a shot in the dark. I think my only, the only response that I can say is that there is a little bit of a model that has existed with other films. And that, and that's the other thing is I think the price point was already set before Disney did their Disney thing, because there's been plenty of movies that have been released for the $20 rental price tag or 25 to keep that has seen some decent success. I, you know, and I think that Disney, the other thing we're not talking about with Mulan is that there is a significant backlash against the film itself based on the region of China where it was filmed, uh, which is a uh, region of China where uh, there are uh, essentially concentration camps that are being held. Uh, for I can't remember what the dissidents are, but there there are people held in internment camps on the on the land that where Mulan was filmed, and like Mulan, the company in the film in the credits like thanks that region, thanks the Chinese government. The Chinese government is suppressing news about the movie uh, in China, and the political leanings of uh, some of the cast really is has hurt it. Uh, across the world because I think it's the lead actress. I can't remember what she did. She either like thanked the Chinese government or the Chinese police or something. Uh, and it was part of some oppressive regime and it really rubbed some folks 
in a bad direction. So I do think that there's more to the Milan story than just the streaming price point. I think for me personally, the, the, the price point though is, is a fairly significant part of it as well, especially when there's models that show that, you know, it can be done cheaper and, and work, but it was an expensive film to make. So you got to get that money back. I think that's going to be a big problem with a lot of those big ones. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. No, you go ahead, DP. No, it's just that, you know, Tenet was a $200 million movie. You know, all these, I mean, all all those DC and Marvel movies that are going to be coming out are huge blockbuster movies that, you know, have to recoup that money somehow. And then the theaters is going to be the way that where they're going to do it. It seems if, you know, I don't know if you, if they're willing to drop one of these, I mean, just direct to digital and see what happens. But I I just don't think you're going to get as much back when it comes to putting it to digital. So like I could see some of these other ones maybe that are smaller, you know, didn't cost as much dropping straight to it. Like, you know, I don't know how much Bill and Ted was, but yeah, it couldn't have been expensive with how quick that movie came out. Yeah. (laughs) So recouping your money on those may not be so bad, but when it comes to the big ones, you know, what else can you do besides push it back until things open up or like, like you're saying DP or maybe one of these companies has to take a chance and say, let's release one of these mega blockbusters to streaming only and see how it, see what happens, you know, see if this is a sustainable model, you know, maybe Marvel, you know, and right now between the two companies, between Disney and Warner brothers, okay. Disney's got more money that they can absorb something going wrong despite all the losses that they sustain. So maybe they're the ones who say, okay, look, we're releasing black widow streaming, Uh, you know, because part of the problem might be that people just don't realize what's going on. And, you know, a movie like Mulan is going to appeal to a lot of Disney fans. Sure. But it's not going to appeal to as broad. Well, that I don't know about that, but for for people like, for people like us, for people like us, it's not going to appeal to people like us as much as say black widow would. Um, that doesn't sure. mean it doesn't have a broader appeal to just general. I, I think I think the hype train behind this. I do think that it's interesting because Mulan was a lesser. And I love how we started talking about Wonder Woman and we're really hammering down on Mulan here. <laughs> I think that I think the Wonder Woman would do better than Mulan just in general, like head to head. Same thing with Black Widow. I think that the 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 larger mainstream appeal. I will say that there was a. This Mulan movie, when it was announced, there was a lot of excitement behind it. There's been a pretty strong hype train behind it. I think that there's been a lot of negative press behind it, too, as the movie's been in development and has come along. And I think that, you know, ultimately, as well as the price point, really hurt. I think that um, Wonder Woman, I think, could do very well just being released streaming. I think that people would pay for it. I think people would pay for Black Widow. Yep. I don't know that they would pay $30 for Black Widow. I mean, I know that I would probably pay $30 for Black Widow because of, again, the fan that I am. But, you know, I mean, you know is that true for everybody? Give, and again, it's still... It's, if they give like 30 bucks and some, you know, give something back to the fans for... Not just, hey, thanks for your 30 bucks, but I don't know if they're going to give like well, something back to them, like discounts for future something theater credits i don't know theater when you go to a when you go to a movie theater dave how much money do you actually spend far more than that far more than that you're not going to a movie theater you're sitting at home there's no way i don't care what movie comes out i am not spending 30 dollars to sit at home and watch a movie i know is going to be out likely within the next six to eight months why don't you do this 
charge 35 and ask them what size t-shirt they want or charge 3250 and ask them if they want a poster with it right send some merchandise out with it and then see what kind of ramifications you get back and buys and things of that nature add something to the product right that's what i was saying maybe add some value you got to add value to it at that price point because yeah for everything you're saying patrick is right you're going to pay double that in the movies but then what tony says like well i'm not in the movies why should i pay that Right. You're paying that for the experience. You want that big, huge screen. You want that surround sound. You want that ambiance that that most people aren't going to get at home. Some people may have a nice big screen TV or surround sound. Not a lot of people have that nice setup. That's the whole idea of going to the theaters and spending that much money. You know, 30 bucks is about, what, two and a half adults, you know, to go to a movie. I'll get to see the movie. Here's the deal. I bet you around the country, it's, it's pretty damn close to the same as what DP and I have. We have Marcus Theaters. And on Tuesdays, $5 $5 to go see the movie. $5. Right. Why am I paying 30 when I can plan on a Tuesday in the next four weeks, pick one and go for five bucks. I can take five other people with me, buy their tickets, and it'll be $30. That $30 is also about the cost to buy a movie outright when it hits on release day for video. So, yes, and I get where I get where execs are coming from on, on the price point. I think it was a stupid price point. I'm with you guys like on the, on the price point. I I think that we're, we're heading towards the new normal. We've talked about this. I think this is eventually going to be the new normal and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. I'm going to, I'm going to table this for now. I want to head into the trailer park just kind of in the interest of time I put three trailers out there for folks to watch. I really only want to talk about one, though I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm very intrigued for the first time in a long time in a Adam Sandler uh, Netflix directed Netflix movie, as this uh, Hubie Halloween deal looks like old Adam Sandler being like his Billy Madison. That, sort of Happy Gilmore idiot character. That was Bobby Boucher. That was, that Bobby, was Bobby Boucher. Boucher. That was what I was thinking. Halloween. A thousand percent. <laughs> Absolutely. That's Bobby Boucher all the way. And I'm not going to lie. I watched it. was like, you know what? I'm probably going to stream that. Like, I'm probably going to stream that. It's the first one where I've seen an Adam Sandler trailer in the Netflix flicks and been like, I'm going to watch it. It looks interesting. It made me <laughs> chuckle. It made me laugh. Not going to lie. Yeah. Felt like yeah, a throwback. I, yeah. If you're That's looking for part. a cartoon, if you're looking for a cartoon like that and along the Halloween and scary kind of things before that comes out, is uh, check out uh, Disenchantment on Netflix. It's it's excellent. That's oh, a good yeah. one, Matt Groening. That's Matt Groening. Right. Gotta love this. Gotta love the Simpsons, Futurama. That's uh, the, the, yeah. <laughs> this one's just to me. I don't know because <laughs> that's what like I said. My thought like exactly. I don't know or all that. It's like. It was good at its time, and I don't know if it'll carry over to today. So I mean, I'm no, not no, sure. Because when I watch that trailer, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Oh, okay. I I can but see. I I'm love the Water Boy. I love those. I am on this island, kind of, kind of like I was on the Dumb and Dumber is a Terrible Movie Island, and I'm yeah. okay with that. Like I loved. Oh, I uh, hate you that know, movie. I loved Billy Madison. You know, I that was one of my favorites. Happy Gilmore, you know? Water Boy. I love Water uh, Boy. But yeah, just to, being in this era, this time or whatever, and I don't know. I'm definitely intrigued to see it because it, you know, again, it's on Netflix and you can watch it because you, you know, you have Netflix, so it's not like you're paying extra money to to watch it. 
So what's your what's all of yours most underrated Adam Sandler movie? I'll start. Mine's I, I thought Little Nicky was fucking awesome. Yeah. I would probably uh, I mean go ahead, DP. Uh, I'm thinking I I kind of the first one that DP's, popped into my head was DP's fifty first oh I thought you were gonna say fifty first dates. Fifty first dates. I don't know. I like that one, but <laughs> that that's one that's <laughs> underrated itself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, it's it's funny you make fun of that. Like I was gonna say, Fifty First Dates. I love a good old fashioned rom com, and I felt like that one gets unfairly maligned. I love that movie. <laughs> Ten Second be... Tom. And may God have mercy on your soul. It's fine. <laughs> okay, we expressed our concerns about the Suicide Squad cast, so I shared this less of a trailer and more of. There's a lot of fucking characters in this movie. There are. But that trailer was awesome, though. Suicide Squad roll call. How many? What was it? Was it 17, 18, something like that? Yeah. I think it was. Some scene. A lot of people. Are you guys fans of Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I feel like what they're doing here is they're giving everybody a piece of lunch meat and seeing whose lunch meat they can throw and stick on the wall. Right. It's just, yeah, well, it's the, it's the DC I mean, Pete, Pete Davidson is a fucking character for Christ's sake. He sure is. Hey. Who isn't in that movie? I, you know, I think I'm in that movie. Somewhere. <laughs> I, I was excited to see Flew the Blorg in this movie. I, you know, nobody really knows who he is, but if you watched uh, At Midnight uh, with Chris Hardwick, he was, he's a, just this comedian who's like just weirdly funny. So I, yeah, I, I know, I know you and Chris Hardwick have a. Have a past for some reason, but he's a <laughs> fucking panders to a group of people to make money off of them. Fuck off. Yeah. And he th- and he thinks yeah. people are too emotionally stunted to watch Walking Dead. Fuck you and your Talking Dead, Chris Hardwick. Fucking nerdist bullshit. <laughs> Boy, you 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 feel about Chris Hardwick how I feel about AJ Velaz's trivia. It's total BS. Right. <laughs> well, I agree with you on that one, Tony. That's for sure. Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> So are are we going to, I I do like John Cena's look, by the way, I can't remember what his character was, was called. (laughs) Peacemaker, right? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. You fucking look dope. I love it. Then Uh, we got polka dot man in there. Like what the fuck? Like what? Man, they are digging deep for a lot of these characters for, and for, for what reason? Like that's the DC problem all the time is that they throw too many characters at you in a movie and they're just going to do it again. So yeah, I asked this. I asked this when we talked about DC Fandom Part One. Can James Gunn pull this off? Because that's what this comes down to: is can James Gunn, as a director, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, somebody we have a lot of faith in because of his Marvel cred, can he pull this off? Absolutely. If anybody can, it's James Gunn. Dave Ungar playing the role of Pollyanna today on Bandwagon Nerds. <laughs> I just I, I I have faith in him. I've seen what he can do. He's pulled off, you know, the stuff he did with Guardians. There's a lot of shit going on I, in that I movie. Do think, I do think that if anyone can do it, it can be him. I am really skeptical of this one, though. Like, I just I don't feel good about it. But why should you? I mean, for, they haven't given you. They really haven't given you a reason yet to to feel good about it and look forward to these movies. I'm I, I'm always optimistic every time one comes out that it's gonna you know that I'm going to enjoy it and they're going to do it right and do things good. But, you know, until they prove it, 
you know, and, you know, I agree with, you know, James Gunn, you know, he did a lot of good things with Guardians of the Galaxy, which had a lot of characters in it. So definitely optimistic that good things could happen. But again, you got, you got to prove it to me before, you know, before I'm on board. Right, definitely going to be a wait and see. Uh, I'm looking for a more full trailer whenever COVID ends in 2027. So we had one other trailer drop this week. When Cyberpunk's coming out. Just so you know. There you go. We had one other trailer drop this week. It was a three and a half minute long trailer for the first of a, I think it's a two part Dune movie. Gorgeous trailer. Like that, that's the first thing that really came to mind. This movie, speaking of movies that should not go straight to streaming, this clearly appears to be a film that should not go straight to streaming. That sandworm image at the end there where it is just towering over Atreides, that's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And this looks totally different from the David Lynch mess that came out in the 80s. Starring Sting, by the way, for those of you who don't know, the not the wrestler, the the singer. Uh, Dave Batista. I didn't know Dave Batista was in this movie. Like I had no idea. And then I saw the trailer. I was like, "Hey, that's Big Dave." It's got Good a hell of him. a hell of a cast. It's got a huge cast. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Dune is one that I don't know anything about. You know, uh, I've always heard a lot of things, but never never saw the movies, never read any of the any of the books or anything. So they're very watching epic. the trailer was amazing. Like it looked right. really awesome, but I you know, I don't know so, any of the story of it, but like just the visuals and everything me, from that was me, like let me Whoa. let me see if I can lay this out. It's kind of like Game of Thrones in space. Because it's very and I it'll be interesting to see what they do within the movie. Because the book is just, it's laden with political intrigue combined with destiny. Like Paul Atreides, the main character, the protagonist, is destined to be this great leader. And yet at the same time is also destined to fall apart and fail ultimately. Um, that happens like books down the line. But it's a very dense novel that I think is very challenging, kind of in the same way that I feel like Watchmen is difficult to, to, to translate into film because it's just so, it's so heavy, it's so dense, and I almost wonder if it wouldn't be better as a series versus a film because there's just so much there. Uh, but I'm a, like I'm in to go see it because it looks like just, it's kind of like the cover is very shiny. It's very pretty. Oh, Dave, Dave, you're making faces. Let's, let's... Uh, just right, I was looking right at there, the right. Lions bear score. <laughs> oh, I did, I did. The bears are trash. <laughs> I, I'm actually recording the game to live in misery later. So, but the skins oh, are, are not the skins. Why? Washington's because it's storming. the one time I can watch them. It's the one time they're on TV that I know they're going to be on TV. So I will record it and I will suffer in silence and probably a little drunk, but. Well, I'll say this: the rumors about the Washington football team's defensive line look to be true. They what five sacks now? So what's that got to do with Dune, though? Nothing. All right. <laughs> Dude, so, you get I, sacked in Dune. I mean, the trailer looks really. I don't really remember the original movie that well, but it. They, yeah, this trailer is really intriguing and just you, like DP said, beautiful. You 
put Jason Momoa and Dave Bautista in a movie together with a solid background of people who know what the story is about, this is going to get some press. This is going to get some people's eyeballs on this product. I, absolutely. I think they, yeah. I, I mean, the cast itself, I was going back a little, Oscar Isaac's in this movie. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is in this movie. Javier Bardem is in this movie. I didn't even know, like some of these people that are in here, Javier, sorry, Javier, what the hell? <laughs> Josh Brolin, Thanos himself is in this movie. Z- Zendaya is it like it's crazy this cast it's it's like talking it's like last week when we were talking about the stand the CBS's um stand uh adaptation that's coming out for all access just a ridiculous cast and this is only the first half of the film uh some of those characters that we saw barely scratched the surface in the first movie so I'm just I'm thoroughly excited about it I wanted to talk about it very very briefly looks gorgeous hopefully it comes out in theaters so that we get that, you know, $30 experience that we're talking about that, that we need to make sure we get. Yeah, I'm All sure right. it'll be pushed back and forth until, right. you know, 2027. 2027. Right. That's, the, that's the year that is this going to be nothing but movies for like a year. Right. Just 10 movies every month. Everything you've, everything you've been waiting for, 2027. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about is not going to be in the movies. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Ewan McGregor did an interview and talked a little bit about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that he is making for Disney Plus and talked, you know, talked some tidbits about returning to the character and everything. But the one thing he did say is that this is a limited one season series. This uh, this series, I think, if I remember correctly, is supposed to take place between the uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope uh, and his time on Tatooine. What's what he's been up to in between that. Right answer, wrong answer. Do you think that's really what's going to happen if the series is successful and it only goes one season? Yeah, I mean, I think if the series is successful, it'll it'll raise the prospect and the public outcry for further. I mean, it's Ewan McGregor, so right. I I think you know if they're doing if they're doing an Obi Wan series that bridges that gap between those twenty years that everybody wonders well, what the hell was he doing in the deserts of Tatooine just hunting crate dragons or what the hell was he up to? Uh, so this is going to explore that, and I think. If it's successful, if it's well received, if it gets like the Mandalorian buzz, then you know, yeah, he can say, yeah, their plan, the plans are only for you know one season. But if it does really well, then why not? Why wouldn't you want to bring it back for a second? Especially with with you and McGregor, you know, with his acting ability and just kind of the progression of him as he kind of ages, you know, to the point where it's Alec Guinness's character in, in the original Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I, I. The plans might be for one season, but I would say, you know, like like wrestling analogies, cards subject to change, that sort of thing. You know, maybe he's gonna they're gonna talk about how you know Obi Wan used to bullseye womp rats with his T sixteen, you know, uh, wrong tattooing. Hey, here's the thing is I love that you brought that up. <laughs> Dave. There's nothing else to do. I, I know you're a big, I, know I know you, you hate Rise big... of Skywalker, Patrick. Anyway. Oh well, yeah, because that movie's trash. But anyway. That's not what I was getting to, though. My question to you, and I don't need TP. You have you ever gone outside of the films? Like, have you ever read any of the expanded universe stuff? No. You know never. why? Because you're a normal person. So we're going to put this all on Dave. What the fuck are we going to talk about? Wait, wait, wait. DP's a normal person. Get the in fuck this, out of in, here. In, in this regard. In, in this regard. In the Star Wars universe. <laughs> what? What? What are we going to talk about, Dave? 
Like what? What is this series? What do you? What could this series be? And, that, and that's an honest question because it could. I mean, there's a few things going on. You know, Obi Wan, like in in some of the Marvel comics, like some of the Star Wars stuff, he left a journal behind for Luke to find. Um, there could be a romantic interest between Obi Wan and what? What? What is this stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know if Obi they've explored it. Handling his lightsaber is that what you're saying? It could be. It could be a lot of uh, you know, uh, uh, masturbation as a substitute for a relationship. <laughs> you know that sort of thing. Could be his uh, just shining up his lightsaber for 20 years. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect from it. Does Darth Maul show up? Probably. If they're if they're gonna, Probably. I mean, if they're gonna follow stuff like was in the Clone Wars, then I think there's a significant chance Darth Maul shows up. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they may want to explore that in a live action capacity, but I don't know how you reconcile that with what happened in Clone Wars. Um, and I don't know if they want to trample on that, you know, that sort of thing. So it may be just stuff that they're kind of, you know, supplementing from what happened in Clone. I don't know how far you got in Clone Wars. Um, I never got to uh, the I'm still, I think I'm in like season three. Yeah, I, I, I guess I got a ways to go. I never got to the end of it, but but the stuff between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul in the uh, in Clone Wars, and I don't know if it was in Rebels as well, but that's so iconic by this point and accepted by fans as canon that I don't know if they're going to want. So I, I retract that. I, on second thought, I don't think Darth Maul shows up because I just don't think they want to go down that path, you know, that sort of thing and, and trample on that sort of canon right now. Tony's excited about it. So, uh, but that's, uh, that's just me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's, there's stuff they can do, you know, maybe there's, um, right. you know, I mean, what did, what did Yoda send him? Certainly stuff with Qui-Gon is going to be involved because Yoda does send him into seclusion to reconnect with Qui-Gon. Who's going to teach him the secrets training. of the force. Yeah. That kind of training. training. Exactly. So, yeah, I think we'll see. I think it's very interesting. And uh, as someone who's never read a supplemental anything because films should stand on their own, you shouldn't need to read an extra book to fucking understand what happened in between. I'm looking at you, Rise of Skywalker. I'm hoping that I don't have to read something to fucking know what's going on with the Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor series. I doubt it. We'll find out in 2027 when. That's right. Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, as yet untitled series debuts on Disney plus. Okay. We're going to take a little break, pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to talk about DC fandom. So before, okay. Um, you don't have to see, acknowledge these. I was like, what is happening? Why, what are you telling me to do? Go get another drink. Anyway, <laughs> I need another drink. That's exactly I need three what's drinks. going on. I <laughs> Before we go into the commercials and listen to the sweet, sweet tones of Christopher Platt's voice and and Kenny Killa and all of that, I do need to tell you that if you love our content, if you love bandwagon nerds, if you love what I like to call our partner show, a winner is you. If you love PC Tony's antics and enjoy things like the DWI podcast and the three man, three man weave and pod is war and all of those, please take a moment to go over to pro forward slash the chair shot and support the chair by picking up a shirt. There's all kinds of stuff out there for you to pick up from all the shows that you enjoy and love, including bandwagon nerds, including a winner is you. 
buy it either in the standard style or if you're feeling a little, I don't know, extra, get yourself some soft style for a few bucks more. Uh, either way, it helps us and helps us keep putting out quality content for all of you. So as Christopher Platt would say, please and thank you, thank you and please. With that, I'm going to hand things over to Christopher Platt. When we come back, we're going to talk DC Fandom Day 2. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, King Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, we are back. I forgot about the sweet-ish tones of PC Tunney in there as well. Thank you for your contributions, PC Tunney. Okay, DC Fandom Part 2. One, just going to do a quick what's around. I know Dave checked it out. DP, did you have a chance to check out anything uh, with DC uh, with DC Fandom Part 2? I know things were really, really busy for you, so I could expect yeah. that the answer is no on that one. Unfortunately, I did not get to watch any of part two. Oh, that's that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. And, and here's the thing: is it's such a it was such a different experience, and I didn't actually get to watch near as much as I did out of part one, partially because I was working yesterday, and so for the first eight hours of DC Fandom, I was at work. Uh, but I did have a chance to check out some panels, and the little O'Dowd actually spent a little time. He was really excited because of the setup. They they did a DC Fando Kids as well, and so we pushed Sleepover. You know, the thing I talked about at the beginning of the show, we pushed that to last night, and we spent last night watching DC Fando for kids stuff. So I did get to see some fun nuggets. I think the first thing I, I want to say about this was Dave and I speculated as to what it was going to be like, and we were right. You got to pick and choose what you wanted to watch over this 24-hour time period, and you weren't stuck adhering to a schedule that was just on an eight-hour loop. And that was awesome because it just opened up so much more freedom to really make the experience your own as a fan. And I, I caught the panels that I did get a chance to check out. I was really happy I was able to do because I didn't have to, I didn't have to time it. I didn't have to schedule it. It was just there, and I just hit play. Dave, what about you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was like we expected. Uh, we anticipated with all those different channels that they had going on that it was going to be a, you know, make it your own experience. I, uh, it, it certainly was more 
for the hardcore fans. This was not oh a thousand percent. It was not like the original one, which is trailers and really focusing on on more of a, a broader audience who might be interested in like oh I want to see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Check out what's going on with the Batman. This was very central to hardcore fans because most. However, you could go back and rewatch right. night one. Yes. That was the other thing that was cool is that they kept the night one stuff on there. Right. So if you wanted, like, if you miss, like, and I actually am kicking myself because I missed the flash panel both times (laughs) to talk about the flash movie. I missed it, but it was there. It was available for you to check out and watch. And that was a great move by Warner brothers in DC. Yeah, they did. They did some really good stuff and, and and, uh, an amazing dizzying variety of stuff from, and, and, you know, to be honest, a lot of it was older stuff. Like the, one of the, the big thing that I watched, the, the big thing that I got into was had to be at least a decade old. I didn't give a shit because I hadn't seen it before. And it was fantastic. And I mean, we could talk about that more in a moment. But just in general, the overall experience was uh, for people like me and you and Tunny and DP who are more, you know, heavier nerds, not bandwagoners, that sort of thing. Uh, there was so much content to try. And once you got in that insider verse, man, the mm-hmm. bottom just dropped out. It was like, holy shit, you can get lost in here literally for days. That's my only complaint is like for that much content. Yeah. 24 hours yeah. wasn't enough. That sort of thing. The feeling of exclusivity, I think, was carried the day with that. I Yeah, I do. I wish it was 48. Give us the whole weekend if you're going to put that level. Because there was... um. I started it, but didn't finish it. But there was a one hour plus mini documentary about the influence of the Dark Knight on the DC universe. There was a two hour documentary on, I think it was the Killing Joke, might have been. I can't, or no, no, it was. Um, oh God, I'm gonna forget the name of it. One of the other really influential Batman graphic novel comics. Oh, Dark Knight got Returns. The, Dark Knight Returns. That's what it was. Yeah. Was, Frank, Frank, was Miller's, Frank Miller's iconic yeah, Jesus, a, man. A two-hour documentary about the influence of that of that comic and, and what it meant and what it was. And so it was so great to have and and be able to watch. And I wish I just would have had the time to do it. I say that as I'm like, oh, I wish I would have had it into Sunday on the first day of NFL football where I could watch the Bears who are getting stomped by the Lions right now because they're trash. And... <laughs> Oh my. You know, I can watch and watch watch Tony and DP react to the game in real time as we record, and we're recording for two hours, so it also would have cut into what we can actually do. And the Packers but, are uh, cruising; nothing to worry about. Tony, remember that Battle of don't, LA? Don't do that! Don't do that! Remember don't that, do that! That Battle of LA thing I was talking about. Yeah, forget about that. The Nuggets came back. So, <laughs> you you mentioned this. You mentioned this, Dave. What did you? What did you get to check out? Because I I was able to check out three sort of featurettes that were of interest to me. I checked out both of the Joker comic panels that were on there. The um the three Joker panel, and then yeah. I can't remember what the other one was called. The Joker War. Joker War, which was the one that had both Batman, Barbara Gordon, and Dick Grayson having um Richard Grayson, Rick Grayson, apparently. Richard Rick Grayson. Apparently, it's Rick Grayson now. Because he's wiped out his memory. Going, yeah, going going up against the Joker. And then the three Joker one, which is this neat concept of three Jokers that were, were uh, from different eras that all exist in the same universe and are not from a multiverse. Like, they're all in there at the same time. 
Yeah, I saw those were the two I saw, Patrick. I mean, and and yeah, the the Joker War is really good. The three Jokers sounds fascinating, and just yeah, you know, Batman's interaction with you know they got Batman, they got Batgirl central this, and Barbara Gordon, uh, you know, her relationship with the Joker clearly impacted joke, yeah. greatly by the actions of him and uh, Jason Todd, you know, Red Hood killed and resurrected that sort of thing so those are really good i saw you know i i went through the, the harley quinn q a i think they did that on the first day but i didn't watch it but i got to watch it that is some funny shit that i mean that is yeah. that is hilarious stuff i you know for the more mature not for the little o'dowd but for the more mature audiences uh, the little o'dowd <laughs> and i we watched the teen titans go q a yeah which was was fun for him though bless his heart i love this kid so he's eight and I mean, I should love him because he's my son, but go figure. So it's Homelander. it was this five minute, it was this five minute, <laughs> right. It was this five minute Q and a, right. And it had cyborg beast boy and Raven as the three members of the teen Titans answering from teen Titans go. And it was hastily done animation. And he, he called it out. He was like, this animation is not as, not as good. Like he's like, it's kind of, it's kind of bad. Like I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> like bless your heart. I watched the uh, the I don't know if you caught the supervillains panel. That was that was pretty no. good. And I, I watched caught the uh, I did the Doom Patrol panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you wa- watched? I watched have, the Doom Patrol. have you been watching that show? I haven't watched an episode yet, and fortunately, the panel doesn't really spoil anything. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching. The only disappointment I had out of that panel was that most of the cast was there except for Brendan Fraser who for whatever reason couldn't couldn't be on there and it's interesting i learned actually through the the scrubs documentary that brendan isn't like brendan just does the voice like he's not the guy in the suit they had the guy in the suit at the on the panel um, but there's a couple of characters in doom patrol where it's somebody in a suit and somebody else has a voice and fraser in the interview that i saw him doing on the um, this uh, scrubs uh, scrubs podcast was very intentional to talk about how great that actor, those actors are and how important they are. It's kind of like um, David Hyde Pierce, who used to talk about when he did Hellboy, he, he was, he's like, I'm just the voice. I'm not the person in the costume that really makes that character come to life. Yeah. And so I thought that was a real testament to, to Brendan Fraser. But, you know, any show with Timothy Dalton, Timothy I'm Dalton. down for. Oh, doubt, no doubt, man. He, he's the reason I loved Penny Dreadful. Yes, uh, the first season. Yes, yes. He, he's the guy in Penny Dreadful. Uh, my wife's watched both uh, Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy. She says she prefers Umbrella Academy, um, but that they're both really good shows. I did watch I mean, one of the ghost, there's, there's ghostly demon sex in Doom Patrol, from that's, what I understand. So I'm, I'm, hey. I'm down. HBO Max, baby. There is that. Um, I watched uh, one of the Watchmen panels, the unmasked one. Oh, I did. I did. I watched that one, too. That was really good. I, I was talking about mass and the power behind mass. And really what it made me think about was social media and people behind their social media mass. And when you look at us as people, how terrible we are behind our social media identities. And and that really felt like a good allegory to draw from what they were talking about on the Watchmen, because it's this whole, like this whole society is, is about people behind mass. The police are behind mass for their own protection um, far right extremists are behind mass taking up the banner of Rorschach because they believe that they're oppressed and marginalized by the police. It's, it was really 
interesting to watch. Yeah. And that you can't, you're not safe unless you're behind the mask. I will. So good. I will tell you the best thing. And I would have watched more, except here's what happened. So one thing that fandom did well on day two is they started suggesting things to you as you watched a few things. And Mm -hmm. one of the ones they suggested for me, this one was around the time the DC hit 75 years old, probably a decade ago. It was secret origin. The story of DC comics hour and a half. I got lost. This was an absolutely fantastic documentary because it's not just the history of DC comics. It's the history of superheroes. And they, they talk about Marvel and they cover so many iconic things. Like they talk about how, you know, Superman's origin with the, you know, two Jewish kids from Cleveland, Ohio coming up with the idea for Superman. And then Bob Kane coming in like a year later because they wanted another hero. And then they talk about, uh, William Marsden and Wonder Woman and stuff you've talked about on the show before, Patrick, about how there was some weird shit going on with Wonder Woman back in the early days. Uh, his obsession well, with yeah. bondage. She was always being tied up or tying up somebody else, you know, and, and they just they go through the whole history of like these guys just at the height of their popularity and then dropping off after World War Two. And then the, the you know, uh, the Barry Allen Flash kind of reinventing thing. And for me, one of the best parts was the death of Superman where they talked about that, which was fascinating to me because it's like they planned out a whole year of stuff leading into the wedding of Superman and Lois Lane. But then that show, mm-hmm. what was it? Superman and Lois, which was Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Lois and, Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark. Thank you. And so they were getting married in that. So they decided to scrap this stuff that they planned for a year. And then in some meeting, one of the guys was like, ah, oh, let's just kill him. And he'd said that all the time. <laughs> he'd said that all the time and people never took it seriously. And then suddenly the, all of them said, you know what? The world takes him for granted. Let's wipe him out for a little while and, and get them. And that's how the death of Superman storyline came to be, which was one of my still one of my favorite story arcs of all, t- especially the way that and DC was smart the way they did it. Like the third episode or the third issue before his death, each page had like three panels. And then this, the second, the one, the penultimate one, each page had two panels. And that last death of Superman, each page was a full each panel was a full page, you know, especially that iconic image of Lois holding Superman as he dies. Um, this was absolutely fantastic. Talked about stuff like how it influenced Marvel. And yeah, I mean, Jim Lee's way younger, 10 years younger. He's got black hair in this thing, but it was a timeless right. documentary. One of the best things I've seen. They, they raise a really good question. And, and like at the very beginning, they talk about imagine a world without superheroes. I mean, think about it. Superheroes are less than 100 years old. Yep. They seem like they've been around since the Revolutionary War, but they haven't. <laughs> they, they're less than 100 years old. It was well, uh, fantastic. Super Superheroes are our folklore, like our current folklore. And that's that's the thing that I, I would argue that superheroes did exist prior to comic books and Superman and Captain America and those early ones. They were just known as John Henry. They were known as Johnny Appleseed. It was Davy Crockett. It was Pecos Bill, Paul Bunyan, Bunyan, Daniel Boone. Boone. So and and those, you know, some of those are real people that got fictionalized and lionized after their deaths. Others are are legends in just a different form. I think we've always had superheroes. We've always had mythology. And I think that superheroes today, that's our that's our modern mythology. And that's our, our. our way of explaining the unexplainable. It's our way of making sense of a world that doesn't always make sense. And you see this as far back as the Greeks and ancient China and Egypt. 
And, and this is just our iteration of it. And I look forward to whatever happens next because that's going to be our next step. We should Tony make this a, a hug. We should make a video podcast of this. Just the PC Tony's reaction. Just record Tony <laughs> real time watching something go wrong in the Packers game. Hey, the well, Bears, are, the the Bears are coming game. back. It wasn't the Packers game. Oh, it was a fantasy football thing? Just, See, just this is what this is why I'm glad I got out. This is why I'm glad I got out of the fantasy football game because I started getting pissed at people that I don't even follow. Like I would get mad because I would always jump on like the Philip Rivers train, right? I'd be that idiot who'd be like, "This year's gonna be his year," and then he'd throw like seven interceptions a game, and I'd be like, "What's wrong with you?" I always drafted a running back like the year after they had the big year, and then they'd have the like the inevitable like. Tank here. They break their leg. Yeah. Right. Like I always got Marshall Falk after Marshall Falk was amazing. Um, that was just, that was just always <laughs> after the, the Ram, after the so, Rams years, you know, that sort of thing. Right. 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 So, yeah. So I, I think I, I really hope DC does this again. I hope Marvel and DC or, or Marvel and Disney were paying attention because this, I, I said this when we talked about Fandome part one. This is a real home run. And if we're going to declare a winner of 2020, despite everything that's happened, DC has won 2020, in my opinion. And I don't know that there's anything Marvel could put out there that would lead me to argue that they had a better year, a better 2020 than than DC. And that's not to say that Marvel is going to put out anything disappointing. But really, what what do we got? We got two Black Widow trailers and a lot of rumors floating around. And DC took one day and gave entertainment people everything they wanted. A lot more TV stuff on on part two as well. You just had to know how to look for it. Uh, I did watch like quite a few uh, of those one minute commercials, yeah. basically extended commercials. I was really I was really hopeful for more, but. Um, but they took they took one weekend, one Saturday, and made it all about people who are theater goers, kind of the masses. And then you're right, Dave. This this week, this Saturday, this past Saturday into today, that was a deep dive for for nerds everywhere. If you love comics, if you love following these characters and some of these shows and movies, you got a wonderful. A, a terrific experience. Uh, and you learn, like I learned so much out of the four panels I watched, even on the, uh, on the kids fandom uh, with a little O'Dowd, we watched, there were two teen Titans go sort of things that were cool. There was the Q and a thing, but then they actually did a 20 minute cast table read of scenes from previous seasons and then answered questions in between and to see my son react to seeing the real actors doing the voices of the characters that he only sees on the TV screen was priceless. Like, it was just amazing. And then as we were going through, we sifted through in the Insiderverse, there was a five-minute featurette on the um, the guy who did Beast Boy and all of the animated work he did. A five-minute featurette on the guy who voiced Cyborg, who is also the king in um, King Ezekiel in Walking Dead, and did oh, a yeah, five-minute yeah. featurette on him. And so it actually that kids zone, that kids verse thing, then pulled him into wanting to see anything that had to do with his characters. 
and we watched a couple of trailers extended like they gave you the first nine minutes of a couple of upcoming dc lego movies that were coming out well it was it was so good and i'm glad that i was able to even catch a glimpse of it because it was totally worth the time it was and i heard something you know on the on the negative side i'd I'd heard a rumor going around someplace that dc and warner might charge for fandom next time they do it um maybe we'll see we'll see what they do with that i i mean you know i'd pay i'd pay something for it (laughs) I don't know if I'd pay for it <laughs> that I mean, and I don't know. I just, I don't know. Cause it's, you, it's, it's like anything else. It's like paying for the movies. Yeah. Uh, the, and I, I'm going to turn this to D, to DP cause he's, he's the one who said this repeatedly. When we talked about this with San Diego comic-con and then we talked about this with here, we don't go to conventions, right? Like we don't pay to go to, like we can't pay to go to conventions and this is probably going to be cheaper than paying to go to a convention. But for for a fan like that who doesn't necessarily get that experience, that's why we jumped on board for this, right? Right, DB. Like that's why we jumped on board. That's right. I mean, you know, not everybody has the opportunity, you know, and going to San Diego Comic Cons or, or wherever they may be, and you know, just to have that experience of being able to see panels and see the people talking about the movies and see those trailers for people like me, people like us who don't really want to go or just don't have the means to go. It gives you that opportunity to share in that experience. And, you know, if they keep doing this, you know, maybe if they charge a few bucks, I could understand it. Um, You know, I think that's, it's a whole different experience because the people that go, obviously you're dressing up, you want to be with everybody. You're, you're in your whole outfits and all that stuff. And it's, it's a whole different atmosphere, but if you want to be able to, appreciate and enjoy seeing those new trailers and seeing them talk about what they love about that character or what they love about the, you know, who they're portraying and where the story is going and learn some new stuff about that upcoming season and all that. And you get to see it, you know, live with everybody. I think that's a lot more of a fun experience than just, you know, finding the news article, you know, a couple days later after Comic-Con was done. So right. it's, it's an awesome thing that they're doing. It's, it's, Really kick ass. I'm glad. Kind of a a, shy, a a good thing that came out of this whole pandemic, I think, because I don't know oh, if yeah. this would ever be done before. So, no. if it wouldn't have happened. So, I think it's a good thing. And I'm really hoping that they continue, I, we, what we've talked about, that they continue to expand on this, you know, and, and keep doing it because I think it's a really, really good thing for those folks that don't have the means to go or just don't want to go to a convention like that, but still want to get that news. Right. Well, and I, and I think about it in relation, you know, you talk about can't afford or whatever means to go. Like you think about it, not, not for nothing. I, you know, and I don't, I'm not familiar with your area where you live in Wisconsin. It's not exactly easy to get to a convention. Like to get to the, either the big two, for example, like packing up and going to New York city or packing up and going to San Diego that's that's a tall order for for you. It's a tall it's a tall order for me. And I live in Western Massachusetts, so New York's a, a reasonable trip. But still, like that's it's, like I've done it once. Still travel, to, right? If I could know, get I tickets to, to San Fair. Diego, if you could get sure. tickets to San Diego, I'd go. But you can't get tickets. Sure, that's the problem. To be fair, there there are some things not quite on that level, but some right. things that do happen in Chicago. That yeah, there's are a pretty Chicago major con. as well. Right. Um. 
And I will say this, if you ever have the opportunity to get to a convention like that, like New York Comic Con, I went to New York Comic Con, which always is in September, October. I went one time uh, of quite a few, it's been a few years now, but Walking Dead was still around. So it's been at least, it's less than 11 years ago. Uh, it's an experience. It was a trip. It was when the Avengers was coming out because Stan Lee, the day I was there, Stan Lee was signing autographs in front of this big Avengers display that was coming out. Now in New York Comic Con, you don't get trailers. Uh, it's a different, you don't have like the Hall H experiences, stuff like you do at San Diego. But I do highly recommend just once checking it out or checking it's, one out if you have the means to go. It's an experience unlike anything you can do. I want to take yeah. my kid to one someday. That's one that's, I mean, it's definitely on my bucket list. I mean, I know there's right. there's some, the what is it, WizCon or what is it in Chicago? I can't remember. Yep. But, um, you know, or it'd be one I'd, in Seattle. it'd be one I'd be able to drive to and probably mm-hmm. go. And, you know, it's probably that's more my fault that I haven't gone because it's so close and be easy to do but just just the experience that's definitely one of my bucket lists is to go to san diego or new york go to one of the, those big ones just to take it on everything that goes on there because it's just everything that i see is like man that is just a, such an experience and everybody right. all pumped up and in, in, in different outfits and all you so, know everything so in, that you could love in about 20, comics. in 2027 yep when we can all yeah. leave again we're yeah. going to do a bandwagon nerds goes to a con we're going to find a con we're going to meet up We'll hit one of the, we'll hit one of the cons, and then we'll have to podcast about it in a hotel room or something. You'll have to wheel what me about, in my wheelchair, Patrick, or even the, or even the Chicago con. Patrick. I'll need you what to wheel me do? around in my wheelchair though, you know, because oh, I'll be fifty seven. What if we do WrestleMania two, where you go to San Diego, Dave, Patrick, you go to New York, and DP and I'll go to Chicago. We'll have three different locations. It almost bankrupt the show, but then next year, you know, Bandwagonerians three will come back even stronger. And we have to be fraught with technical difficulties as well and miss satellite feeds and like get cut each other off and, you know, not let David talk. I mean, just that's all right. No one wants to hear uh, me anyway. Nothing but love. So I think, we're all, I think we're all in agreement, though. I think that this was an unquestioned success. I hope this continues. I hope something like this continues. And all I got to say to kind of put a ball on this is cheer move, Disney. I think Disney's Disney's got to step up. Oh, I, sorry, I lied. I lied. I got one more thing that came out of DC Fandom Part Two. Next Saturday, Dave, did you catch what next Saturday is? What is next Saturday? DC next Fandom Sa- Part Three. No, <laughs> it's 19th? Batman. It's oh. Batman Day. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. So DC announced that next Saturday is Batman Day. So next week's episode, we are going to talk about Batman. And I actually have a special guest coming to the show. Uh, I don't know if you guys know him, but uh, he writes for 411 Mania. He's a friend of Greg's. He's been on, was on the Greg DeMarco show with us forever ago. He writes for us. So Tony Ocero oh, yeah. is his name. And Tony, Tony, one of Tony's gimmicks is that he is really Batman and that all the movies and stuff that are going on around him are just portrayals of his life. And so I've invited him on the show. I'm hoping to bring him on. He, he sounds like he's in agreement. I asked him to remind me so I don't forget to bring him on the show. But I'm thinking next week we're going to dedicate Bandwagon Nerds. Outside of talking about the boys, we're going to dedicate it to some Batman. We're going to talk a little Batman in honor of Saturday being Batman Day. And I would say pay attention to DC and what's going on because it's you can't ima- I can't imagine there won't be announcements of some sort going on with what's going to be happening in the Batman universe. Sports update. Believe it or not, Washington took the lead. <laughs> 
I was going to say, Dave, from the beginning of the, the end of this podcast, I know, it went that's from, seven, I'm not paying attention until we're going to the Super Bowl. That's right. From the point, <laughs> from the start of this podcast, they've rallied from 17 down, and the Clippers blew a 17-point lead. So there you go. Yes, there you go. <laughs> In other news, the Bears still suck and are down 10 to the Lions. Last thing, Packers before are winning. We get into, last thing before we get into Patrick O'Dowd as a question, because it's Batman Day next week, we don't have a movie for the nerd view. I had an idea and an epiphany. I want us to review a Batman movie for next week. However, I don't want us to do one of the mainstream we've all seen in the movie theaters Batman movie. I want us to do a Batman animated movie. I and was just going to suggest that. You're the man, Patrick. So, and Tony's already washing his hands. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. So here's the thing. There are multiple options to choose from, and I don't know if I want to leave it to a poll or if I just, because I don't know that a poll is going to do well at all. I think that's going to have three votes, and it may end up being like a three-way tie. Right, exactly. Tony's pointing at the three of us, and who knows if DP's even going to vote. Like He's like, do I really want to do this? So here, here's the thought, though. I know of at least, I know two, I know of two good Batman animated films that I hear about all the time. One of them is kind of the granddaddy of them all, and that's Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That's playing on uh, D, uh, Netflix. Dave's kind of giving it the side eye, so cl- clearly he's the East German judge on that one. Uh, over on HBO Max, I know they've got the the Red Hood uh, one, and I can't. Is there a third one, or is there what would you what would you put out there, Dave? Super fan. Tony's got his finger up. Do you have a suggestion, Tony? Yeah, Tony, what do you got? Lego, ba- Lego, Lego Batman? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Damn it. I, if, right, I'm out. If there's a Batman <laughs> movie that I would say would be, you would greatly enjoy watching it and would make for a good review, it'd be uh, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. Those are fantastic. I, a, tremendous adaptations of Frank Miller's uh, stuff. That's the best Batman stuff I've seen. And, and, and then, but but then I gotta watch two movies. You won't you won't you will not complain. Well, I can tell you that much. So let me let me do a thing real quick as I scroll through. Because here's the nice thing. Let's get over to the DC hub. Are these on the DC are these on HBO Max? Uh, do you know? I'm not sure. Cause that is so here's what they have on HBO Max. They have Batman and Harley Quinn, Batman Assault on Arkham, Batman Gotham Knight, Batman Under the Red Hood, The Killing Joke. They do have The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2. That would be that or Under the Red Hood. I wouldn't want to do Killing Joke because that has a lot of controversy and it's not a really faithful adaptation of the of the graphic novel. Uh, well, which, you know, I, is, I mean, is okay, know. but there's also there's also Batman versus Dracula in here. We could check that bad boy out. <laughs> there <Yes>. you go. <laughs> uh, Under the Red Hood's really good. A really good one as well. So I, I'm kind of cool either way. Like, I, I don't mind. Let's I mean, the Dark Knight Returns part one and part two. I could probably make time to do it. Would we do it as two parts or would we watch one and review the whole? I guess it'd be the real question on that one. And do we have the time and the inclination to do it? Yeah, I mean they're about three hour between the two of them. They'll, they'll oh, I, was, I was like three hours like, each. And no, I was no, like, no, no, no thank no. you. Oh, like an <laughs> hour and twenty minutes or something for each one. Should we uh, watch the Godfather trilogy afterwards? Yes, definitely. 
Side note, I'm on. I actually pulled those out and started watching them this weekend. I'm on um, disc two of The Godfather Part Two. Just you can randomly was like you can yeah you can stop after two by the way. No, I know three's (laughs) terrible. Three's different. That's for sure. No, that, no talk wait, Dave, that's so nice of you to say that word different. Yeah, I, I'm politically correct. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no, no Tom Hagen. No. Yeah, there's a lot that's wrong with that movie. I mean, I'd leave it up to you guys. I mean, Under the Red Hood's going to be an easier task because it's just one movie and it's kind of self-sustained. Dark Knight Returns is the better of the two for sure. But uh, if we're looking for expediency, then yeah, going under the Red Hood. I mean, Hood. according to you, you also don't think Clue's a great movie. So I don't know. You just think it's okay. I don't know if that's I can trust you. Three and a half isn't that? That's a well. That's that's a good movie. It's a f- grossly underrated on your part. Anyway, yeah, he gave he gave he gave Clue three and a half stars. Oh, he had to take over for me since I didn't get to do the movie review as the East German judge. So right. yeah, somebody Dave, had to do Dave it. Really, Dave really wanted to go in on you all last week over Black Panther and your rating, and I was like, yeah, I was disappointed stars, in you, DP. Like, Shit. Sorry, he didn't let like Chadwick Boseman's passing influence his rating system. That's right. Jeez. That's right. That was a, he doesn't sell out. He bought in. That was a five <laughs> when Chadwick was still alive. So, all right. So, we'll, we'll we'll let you be the deciding. I'll let you be the deciding vote, DP. What do you want to do? What do you want to cover? Oh boy, uh, Superman <laughs> quest for peace. Right. I like the uh, yeah. I like the death of Superman. Um, I'd saw you know. The Dark Knight sounds like a good one. I mean, I'll take Dave's recommendation. All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do parts one and two of The Dark Knight Returns. We will have that review in for this week. That'll be this week's nerd review. If you haven't read this past week's where Dave grossly underrates Clue, please give that a look over at thechairshot.com. I'm still kicking myself that I didn't put it as one of my top ten comedies of the 80s because it should have been my like my number five. I'm so angry with myself that I forgot it. And disappointed. And then I'm watching it. I was like, this was such a brilliant movie. And I can't believe I forgot it. One plus two plus one plus one. <laughs> Communism was just a red herring. Okay. I got seeing nothing. that. Awkward, <laughs> seeing that awkward silence. I'm going to segue into my last, the last segment of the day. Patrick O'Dowd has a question. It's football season. We're a pop culture show. Gentlemen, round the horn one time. The greatest football movie of all time. In your eyes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, see wow. eyes, I see eyes actually crossing here as we try to figure out what that is. Jeez. The first two movies that come to my mind, uh, and I'm not saying this, this is my answer, but it's, it's Any Given Sunday and The Replacements, which are both on opposite ends of the spectrum. They're oh. both highly entertaining. The Replacements um, is sneaky good. Yeah. yeah. Sneaky good. I mean... To me, that that's the first thing that came to mind, and and generally your your gut is right. If I could think about it more, there's probably something out there that I would say is better. But for now, I, you know, while the rest of you give yours, that's that's kind of what I'm gonna put out there while I was trying to buy time for everybody. <laughs> yeah, mine uh, mine probably would have been the replacements, and honestly, the, the longest yard, the Adam Sandler remake. I oh, thought really, shut really up! Oh, <laughs> God. All right, I don't know if it's the greatest, and this will be my last last thing I, I put down here. But my favorite football movie of all time is The Program. I oh, took mine. Yeah. Sorry, I, not sorry. Pieces. 
you know, the the Washington Sentinels might become the new name for the uh, formerly the team formerly known as the Redskins. They, they, ha- they have to go to that red, silver, and blue uniform. That's though. right. The silver helmets. Like the two movies that jumped to uh, the first two that jumped in my head when you said that. One is The Water Boy, because we were talking about that earlier, and I love that movie. <laughs> and the other one is Rudy. Rudy is one of my favorite football movies of all time. He's great. You got the blind side. Yeah. Um, remember the Titans? Yeah. Yep. So I'll, I'll, I'll take a page out of everybody's book. I'll do one um, semi-serious one, and then I'll do one that's kind of funny. My, uh, or not semi-serious, my, my, my serious one is uh, the one that's based on a true story. That's Brian's song, which is, you know, Gail Sayers. And, I mean, as a Bears fan, obviously, there's a reason that I, that I go with that. Because you like but, to cry. Uh, that's why. Damn it. Because you'd rather I, watch that movie than a Bears game on Sunday. We get it. Hey, you know what? It's... You True. what? What do you want to say? Brian, Brian pickled yeah. the Brian Piccolo series <laughs> story between the fields. Shut your face! Oh, mind of the show, you cry just as much watching either. <laughs> that standing invitation is officially gone. Uh. <sighs> anyway, the other my my uh, my other one that I think is just kind of an underrated comedy that that gets overlooked a lot of time is the movie Necessary Roughness. Yes, oh, and, uh, okay, starring great. starring Sinbad and Scott Bakula. No, Kathy Ireland. I was going to say, don't ignore Relax, her. Relax, Dave. Jesus Christ, get your settle down, man. <laughs> Rob God. Schneider, right? As the, Rob Schneider know, is the announcer guy. Yeah. <laughs> and open beverage containers, which are only legal in Texas. <laughs> I yeah, wow. I love that. I love that movie. Underrated, underrated flick. Um, yeah, we like everyone's I own it on DVD still. Like, and I can pull it out every once in a while, check it out. So, and we've all enjoyed, we can't be remiss to miss this one is Varsity Blues. Oh, yeah, Varsity, Varsity Blues was is my hometown. Like, growing up, like the whole fucking world stops for high school football. Um, you know, I'm sure some people out there are big Friday Night Lights people too. Sorry that, that you know that one didn't pop in. That one didn't really speak to me as much as, as some of the other ones, though. So, excellent choices, gentlemen. Uh, well played. I think that's going to wrap us up for today. Before we go, let's do a once around the table. Tell everybody where they can find you on the various medias, social or otherwise. David, why don't you kick us off today? You can uh, find me on the Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A G G, and on Facebook.com. Slash attitude of aggression. TP. You can find me all over the worldwide social media interwebs at it's me, DPP. And follow A Winner Is You, the other aforementioned video game nerdy podcast. And that's on Twitter at A Winner Is You and Facebook at A Winner Is You, the letter U. And make sure you check out our uh, video game reviews. We're back at it there. We, we finally put up another one there for Half-Life Alex for all you virtual reality fans and Half-Life fans. Uh, really, really, really good game. So if you have the means to get a VR unit, now's the time to play that one for sure. Tony. Uh, you can find me all over the chairshot.com, but instead of doing that, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Make yourself more aesthetically pleasing in public and at your next wrestling show. You can find me at PC Tony and the aforementioned shows. Gentlemen, Thanks for having me on again today. Always enjoy talking and watching the Packers kick some Viking ass at the same time. 
Yeah, if both teams could lose, that would have been a better option. So you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. I am here every Tuesday. I forget when we're airing. God damn. Sorry, are we Tuesday or are we Monday? We're Monday. 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 We're on Mondays uh, with Bandwagon Nerds. You can also listen to me on Wednesdays. I record on Tuesday for Wednesday on the Greg DeMarco show where I talk wrestling with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales. Follow us on the Bandwagon Nerds Twitter account at Bandwagon Nerds where you can check out Dave's poll of who's better at man or the Adam random poll, man. What put that one in your head, by the way? pretty random <laughs> it just <laughs> it was like just like one day i jumped on our account i was like oh we're choosing between like two obscure superheroes that nobody cares about awesome people care can, that got better you, reactions than some of our other polls i know next next week's poll is dr strange versus dr fate anyway Ooh, that's a good thank one. you very much that is a good one right thank that you very is. much everyone for listening i hope you had a good time listening to bandwagon nerds that's our show now get out of the basement get some sun Watch some football, scream if your team's losing, or cheer if they're winning. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. 
update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big.